The Florida Panthers kicked off right where they left off after playing their first game in 15 days. We discussed this road win against the Carolina Hurricanes and what it means for this Florida Panthers team going forward and the momentum it's going to bring to this team as they head into the last 34 games, all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Thursday, February 17th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day make sure to subscribe to the locked on panthers on podcast form and on youtube don't forget we are on youtube so you can see my beautiful face as i'm talking about some florida panthers hockey make sure to also subscribe to locked on nhl on the cross check nhl show with andrew berkshire mary clark will be covering all the regular season activities around the national hockey league you can follow me on twitter at monoman 12 and follow the show account on twitter at lo underscore f L.A. Panthers. So, first game in 15 days. The Florida Panthers came out victorious. And there's a lot of concerns coming in. And a lot of fans as well, including myself, of the Carolina Hurricanes played four games while the Florida Panthers were off for 15. So, they might be a little rusty. But, no, this uh, this team came out firing really early and kept the the – the intensity on really throughout the night. And a few weeks ago, we spoke about how whenever you're winning, the the practices are more fun. More people are motivated to come to practice. Some more than that, than just the, the game itself and playing the game. And the habits that the Florida Panthers have created and the excitement that goes into even going into practice has really reflected in wins and how well they just overall like each other and the off ice chemistry as well. I mean, we we've seen, we've heard on territory talk just the other day that uh, Mason Marchment, Brandon Montour and Owen Tippett were out on vacation together on the West coast, just something like that during the all-star slash Olympic break that really helps the, camaraderie of this team and it's resulting on the ice and the Florida Panthers coming up with this win a season sweep of the Carolina Hurricanes a team that they struggled against last season who they only got two wins out of their eight last season and they come into this season and they sweep the season series in all three tries and winning all three when you got two in eight last go round a completely different Florida Panthers team. And of course, a different Carolina Hurricanes team on the other side. Uh, they lost quite a bit in the offseason, losing Dougie Hamilton, losing Alex Nedeljkovic, just to name a few. But the additions that the Florida Panthers had had put together have really given them the confidence. And the wins have come with that to really say that they believe that they compete with the best of them. And it's resulted in the best record in the Eastern Conference. And and it's just 
a beautiful thing to see for this Florida Panthers team, how they just continue to rack up the wins and that they are now starting to do this on the road. And we're just over a month from the last time these two faced uh, in Carolina, the first go around and that quick two game trip. I said it at the time and I say, and I'll say it again. That was the turnaround in the Panthers play on the road and how they perform and how their confidence built. And that was an overtime win as well. A few, uh, just a month ago. And sure. The season series as far as points is six to two. You let Carolina get two of two points in this, but you take the wins and you don't apologize for, for winning and you find ways to win close games on the road. And this is what everybody on the TNT broadcast, everybody of the beat writers, myself, everybody felt like that this was a playoff game and they found a way to win a gritty playoff type game last night. And that's really a stepping stone for what this team can possibly do when put in this situation, because you need to, this is the time of year where it's mid February, just a little bit of, uh, just a little over a month from the trade deadline. And also, by the way, Elliot Friedman went on the Jeff Merrick show saying that he expects the Florida Panthers to possibly make a move in the next 24 to 48 hours. So maybe there is a move incoming for the Florida Panthers. So keep an eye out on that. But this is the time of year to start creating your habits, to start knowing what is going to be thrown at you. And that's what the Florida Panthers have learned how to respond. And the record-setting month of January that they had, even with the three-week break, it wasn't a break of momentum with them. And the health, the health, the health helps, of course. Uh, and the breaks that I spoke about on last on the last episode, talking how winning championships and going far into the playoffs requires some type of luck, and the Florida Panthers have definitely used it to their advantage, including how they played in this game because they even responded to bad luck in this game because there's a few bounces on on the defensive end and um, going the other way on the goals that were scored by Carolina that, that you had to ask yourself, how are the Florida Panthers going to respond to this and even sometimes the score didn't indicate the play on the ice of how the Florida Panthers were just out chancing the, the Canes and out rushing the Canes as well and luckily the Florida Panthers were able to find a way late into the game when Sam Reinhardt uh, got a bouncing puck of a shot was shot right into the middle of the slot bounced right into Sam Reinhardt he ties the game Barkoff makes a beautiful move of breaking the ankles of Brady Shea to um, tie the game at the time for the Panthers. And Aaron Eckblad gets the overtime winner on a breakaway. But it's it's just incredible that the Panthers 
they were down multiple times and they just stuck with what they did best stuck with controlling possession stuck with the panthers using their speed to their advantage and it paid off it looked doubtful at times in, towards the towards the end of the game especially when tony d'angelo scored that um the goal that bounced off forzling skate but the panthers they found a way to to get a get a bounce go their way and eventually uh win this one in overtime just 16 seconds in and just incredible that the florida panthers for for those listening you're watching an incredible hockey team and the fact that they did this on the national stage on tnt the the whole hockey world if they were watching and for the people who did really got to see they saw the record they don't see the florida panthers day in and day out but they got to see what this team really is now and what they can be come playoff time and it's exciting to see we're going to break more of this game in the next segment but first we're going to tell you all about bet online football might be over for this season but basketball is a in full steam in both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports sports, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. Second segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast is the Florida Panthers have defeated the Carolina Hurricanes by a final score of three to two in overtime on the road in Raleigh, and the the lines looked a little bit like this: Carver Hagee, Alexander Barkov, Anthony Duclair, Duclair back on the top line, Jonathan Huberdeau, Sam Bennett, Owen Tippett, Owen Tippett getting a little bit of a chance to either uh, try to stay on this team or increase his trade value. Mason Marchment, Anton Lindell, Sam Reinhart, Ryan Lomberg, Itzulus Dorainen, and Patrick Hornquist. Welcome back to the lineup, Patrick Hornquist. Great to see that you're healthy. Defense pairings, Mackenzie Weger and Aaron Ekblad, Gus Forsling, Radko Goose, Lucas Carlson. We'll talk a little bit about him later. And Brandon Montour. And with Sergey Bobrovsky uh, starting. And the... First two periods were definitely a little different than the last one in many different ways. Five on five for this game was a total of 42 minutes throughout this whole game. The rest of the time, it was either the Carolina Hurricanes going on the power play, the Florida Panthers going on the power play, uh, to the point where the Florida Panthers had were down five on three at one point. And... The the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, Andre Shvetikov, still a hard name for me to pronounce, uh, with a hit that could have hurt Sam Bennett. Um, Uyghur took it personally. They both go to the box for rushing. A little bit later, uh, Patrick Hornquist and Ryan Lomberg go. And that and that five on three, that is really when the Carolina Hurricanes could have taken the bull by the horns and really set the tone early uh, for this team. 
and for that's real and the you got to give credit to Sergey Bobrovsky as well and Sergey Bobrovsky as well didn't have many shots against them got 10 in the first period and the Florida Panthers the rest of the way they only allowed eight shots from that point on and got to give credit to the Panthers right in front of the net of what they were able to do to help their goalie out uh in this one I mean Blocks were 10-10 um, in fa- um, n- not in favor of any specific team. Uh, Freddie, Freddie Anderson also stood on his head at, at the other end as as well. And the, the first goal, like I said in the first segment, um, there were some weird, uh, weird bounces and weird uh, transition opportunities. Ekblad breaks his stick. Transition goes the other way. Uh, Timo Teravainen gets one past Bobrovsky. One that I thought Bobrovsky should have saved but just a weird transition going the other way as Aaron Ekblad attempted a shot breaks his stick and it goes the other way he's defending without uh, a stick and just and that was towards the end of the first period which the momentum could have easily shifted in the way of Carolina after that and I thought about Going into this game, I had a lot to think about in between this all-star slash Olympic break about the Florida Panthers consistently playing behind on the road. And I went back to that stat that the Panthers had when their opposition scores first. And they're going into this game when their opposition scores first on the road. They were one, four, and three when when the with their first and only win at the time coming in that shootout against Vancouver. But the momentum and the play of the game was not actually a goal. It was Lucas Carlson right in front of the net. Bob was out of the net, and just Barry Kakaniemi and Steven Lorenz had multiple opportunities to score, and... Lucas Carlson gets the first one on Kaki Niemi with the stick, and then the second one with his body on Steven Lorenz. And just incredible of how he's been able to to, to stop it from being 2 nothing, and could have just been killer and spoiled any type of comeback that the Florida Panthers could have had in this game. And again, a lot of penalties called early early on in this game and the mason marchment just continues to just bring the physicality and big hit on vincent trocek that he had that also created a penalty for carolina due to vincent trocek playing without a helmet and you you don't anticipate any of those things happening but hey that big hit created that and of course, the the penalty was a little spoiled by Anthony Duclair with an interference there. But even then, the Carolina Hurricanes were a little sloppy. Ian Cole just two penalties in a three minute span. But in between the Carolina Hurricanes killing one, man, what a beautiful, beautiful board battle that Anthony Duclair was able to win right in the neutral zone. He's not going to get an assist in on that goal by Alexander Barkov but board battles really really matter on that one and 
the fact that Anthony Duclair was able to get one in the neutral zone, get it to Ekblad, and then Huberto creates a stretch pass to Barkov. Barkov breaks the ankles of Brady Shea and gets a backhand past uh, Freddie Anderson. And just Barkov's ability to be extremely deceptive, thinking that he's going one way based on like where his hips are lined up and then just create an open shooting lane when like not even half a second before that there isn't one. And that's what speed and stick skills and hockey sense can all do in that. And credit to Barkov for continuing just to set the example. And again, the fact that it was on the national stage as well, people get to see this captain, a self-geek trophy winner for the Panthers, learn and carry sometimes a, a team when they need a goal and you're down to depend on Alexander Barkov, the great, the greatest goal scorer in Florida Panthers history. And the, the fact that he's able to do that. And of course the, the power play at times for the Panthers, it's still a work in progress, but special teams coming into this game was in favor of Carolina. They're both in the top eight in both penalty kill and power play percentage. The PK for the Panthers is just, in the teens and even on their own power play, man, the way Carolina lines up on their PK, they have three players lining up and then they have two of the people on the wings, like near the edges, near the blue line, near the boards. So that when people, when the players shoot to the sides, that they quickly have a body out there and they're able to get the the puck out of the zone. And sometimes teams have a hard time resetting and those two power plays even like that even ian cole had both of those power plays the panthers had were spending more of their time in their own zone and even after all that the panthers though there still can be work to do work done there don't get me wrong the Florida Panthers are very lucky that they don't have to face a penalty killing unit like the Carolina Hurricanes for the rest of the season because that was just frustrating at times. And you got to give credit to Rod Brendamore and and staff for for being able to have a great unit there. And even on the other end, when the when the Carolina Hurricanes had a penalty. Barkoff, it looked like he was going to get his uh, fifth shorthanded goal of the season. And Freddie Anderson just continues standing on his head. I mean, the total shots on goal for this game was 31 to 18 in favor of the Panthers. Only eight shots on goal for the Carolina Hurricanes after the first period. But even after period number two, the Florida Panthers were had an advantage in hits, 25 to 19. Rush chances was nine to three in favor of Florida. Odd man rushes was three to one in favor of Florida. And it was tied at the time. And they had the Carolina Hurricanes got a bounce that was off Forsling's gate. And Forsling had a rough sequence there, loses a board battle to Jordan Stahl. Jordan Stahl um, gets the puck to uh, Tony D'Angelo and then it bounces off his stick. So not a best sequence for. 
Gus Forsling. Just and everything that the Florida Panthers, like I said earlier, worked for, and they were still down was a little frustrating. But you you continue to play to play your game, and you continue to control the possession that the Florida Panthers have consistently done all season, and the and the it's crazy because even though they outscored the the outshot, excuse me, the Carolina Hurricanes eleven to two in period number three, it was only eight total shots on goal in the first fifteen minutes of that third, and of course it helped that the Florida Panthers pulled the goalie, and that comeback attempt by the Florida Panthers could have been spoiled very easily when Sergei Bobrovsky was pulled at the 240 mark of the third period. Thankfully for Sam Bennett, he was there when there was a turnover in the neutral zone and he prevented that empty net chance for the Carolina Hurricanes. And man, we'd be talking about something completely different had Sam Bennett not stopped uh, that opportunity by Carolina when the Florida Panthers uh, turned it over as they pulled the goalie. But hey, credit to... uh, Big credit to uh to Sam Bennett and then creating a opportunity at the other end. And this is why you continue to attack. This is why you continue to throw pucks at the net as well. On the six on five, Uyghur shoots a puck, bounces off Patrick Hornquist. Even though he wasn't the one to score the goal, he finds a way to be in that low slot to create a bounce, even if it's not him scoring. Freddie Anderson is is not panicking. He's like trying to like go get into position when a uh, when a puck bounces off of somebody, and it was just too little, too late before he could react and get that bounce that goes into the stick of Sam Reinhart, and then Sam Reinhart gets it past Freddie Anderson, and my God, a tie game with forty eight seconds left, and it was just like. It's just like thinking at the time that it's just thinking at the time that you knew this was going to happen without knowing it was going to happen, if that makes any sense. And with how dominant the possession was, it paid off for these Florida Panthers. And it's exciting for, for this, for this team and things we don't see often. Lucas Carlson playing goalie and getting two blocks in his own end. And then Aaron Ekblad getting a a breakaway opportunity to score a goal. We don't see that often from Ekblad specifically. And two primary assists for Jonathan Huberto and Aaron Ekblad getting that one 16 seconds in to the overtime period. And the superstars came to play where Barkoff, Huberto, and Ekblad all get two points each and just the superstars being superstars when they need when this team needs them to be and the panthers become victorious in this one and really put a dent not a dent but they really put their staple in being the best team in the eastern conference and with that sweep of carolina the panthers now for the last 34 games, according to Tankathon, the second best strength schedule, easiest 
strength of the schedule going into these last 34 games. And the toughest part of their schedule just comes in these first few games. And they took care of business when they needed to. And it, and they're doing this against contending teams. That's the beautiful part about this. They're doing this against contending teams. And a lot of Panther fans on the Twitter, on the Twitter timeline were kind of complaining that there's kind of a dual screen of Panthers heading into overtime and then the opening face-off of Jack Eichel's return playing his debut for the Vegas Golden Knights. But I didn't feel disrespected by that, honestly, personally, because Jack Eichel, who's been in a market like Buffalo and a not having made the playoffs once and a superstar who was out for over a year with injury, getting his opportunity to play on a contending team. I don't blame them. I don't blame TNT for putting that. We just didn't expect the Florida Panthers to be scoring 16 seconds in to that period. Let's be real. And I don't have an issue with it. I'm not disrespected by it. And it's just not going to put my energy into that, honestly. And, but what's important is them finding a way to win. The national audience seeing that this is no longer a team to sleep on with how quickly they're able to score, not only in overtime, but how are they able to do it in clutch situations? And now everybody knows if they hadn't before. And that is the great thing about it. Next segment, we're going to talk about the next Florida Panthers game, which they will be continuing their second game of this three-game road trip. And we're going to talk about the Olympic final between USA and Canada last night as one team had to win. So we'll be talking about it more in the third segment here on Locked On Panthers. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast as the Florida Panthers defeat the Carolina Hurricanes by a final score of 3-2 to two in overtime. So now the Panthers record is 10, 7, and 5 on the road this season. That three games over NHL 500. And what a change that this has been for this team after going over a month without a road win and having one road win in all of November and December, who would have thought that this team would have been here? And again, their second win on the road when their opposition scores first. And this is just a performance that you could look back on. And there's many other performances this season that we could look back on. We could even look as far back as the first game against Carolina, uh, the, the first road game, excuse me, against Carolina last month, and how it's going to help this Florida Panthers team in their race for not only the division title, but the best record in the Eastern Conference to have home ice all throughout the first, at least the first three rounds, because Colorado defeated Vegas on the road to nothing last night. So looks like Colorado's get on their way to winning the president's trophy as of right now, but things could change. But the Panthers have a 
another tough challenge again in this three-game road trip against the Minnesota Wild, who are 16-3-1 at home this season. Second best points percentage in the Central, right behind Colorado. You guessed it. And their last 10 games, 8-2-0, dating back to before the Olympic break, a completely different Minnesota Wild team that the Florida Panthers will be facing. Andrew Burnett makes his return to Minnesota. Michael Russo, who used to cover the Panthers, uh, I was listening to him on The Athletic the other day. He's going to be speaking to Andrew Burnett after practice today. The Florida Panthers will be having, I believe, a 2 p.m. Eastern practice today at XL Energy Center. Checking as we speak. Yep, they will be practicing at 2 p.m. today at XL Energy Center. And Andrew Burnett will be talking to Michael Michael Russo as well and really looking forward to what that conversation is like um, as he comes back home to where he made really his career in the NHL as a player. Like, uh, if you do follow the show account on Twitter, at LO underscore FLA Panthers, you know that this was going to be a later release due to the gold medal game. And I want to say congratulations to Team Canada on bringing home gold. They were the team of destiny this whole time of just scoring 10 goals multiple times, uh, going out to that 3 nothing lead after period one. And after that 3 nothing lead, it was going to be hard for the USA to come back um, at, at all in, in that one. And... Credit to all my Canadian listeners who are listening to the show. And I I hope that you guys, uh, as much as this hurts to say, that you guys get to enjoy this and celebrate it because after the USA defeated the the Canadians, uh, Canadian Olympic team last time around in a shootout, uh, they got theirs. And the Canadians, um, the Canadian Olympic team got, got theirs this time around. And there was a story. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say who the writer is, um, because they don't deserve, they don't deserve to be named, uh, who say that women's Olympic hockey does not belong in the Olympics because of the fact that USA and Canada are the only teams that make it to the final who have a chance Although the USA and Canada making it to the final is partial is true in that sense, it's a little ignorant in my opinion because you're taking you're taking away an opportunity from different countries to at least compete and to at least even if they don't bring home a medal to have a little fun and to have some pride in their in their country regardless of result so i know the parity in women's olympic hockey isn't there like it is on the men's side but still the quality of play that i saw during this the this women olympic tournament has just been great and just been so much fun to watch and just the pride that each person put on the on the on the ice 
I mean, on the on the on the women's side, you you see like the superstars of Kendall Coyne Schofield and Hillary Knight continuing to to carry this USA team and just to continue having so much fun. Um, and then on the Canadian side, Poulin fourth straight Olympic gold medal game where she scores uh, in in the match and the pride that she shows for her country. Why would you, why would we want to take that away from these people? Why? And could the parity be fixed at all? I don't know if I have the answer to that really, but to take away an opportunity from these ladies is not something that I want to see happen to them. So I, again, I won't, say the writer's name because they don't deserve the the publicity but they deserve an opportunity and it does belong and many people stayed up for that if many people are tuning in to watch it that means it's something special and we shouldn't take that away not only for the players but for the fans like myself who are watching and the fans like you who are listening as well who had a great night of hockey if you happened to stay up last night last night to watch uh Panthers Hurricanes Avs Golden Knights and then that the USA Canada game though it didn't go to the way of the US it was a night definitely to remember regardless of results and it's a, it was a night to celebrate the beautiful game that we all love watching. So that's where I'm going to finish off on this episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Tomorrow, we're going to try to bring in Seth Topol of Locked On Wild to talk about this Minnesota Wild team who is a completely different team from the last time the Florida Panthers did see them back in November. We'll be discussing more about that in tomorrow's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Remember that this show is not only in podcast form, but it is also on YouTube as well. So subscribe to the YouTube channel as well so you can see me and you can match voice to face on when I talk about some Florida Panthers hockey and bring it to you, the listener. And I hope that you guys not only enjoy this win, but continuing to keep that energy for this Florida Panthers team as they continue to ride high and continue to pick up those wins on the road, which we didn't see much at the beginning of the season. And now it's starting to come together. And I'm definitely enjoying this ride. And I hope you guys are as well. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. They'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Bets. Your one-stop shop for all things betting. Lockdown Bets, hosted by Boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, so subscribe to Lockdown Bets on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez. Signing off.
And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where it's your team every day.